0: Hey, guys, Ivanka and Mel here. First up, thank you so much for an amazing season one for Moms in the Middle. We had a lot of fun doing it, and apparently you guys had a lot of fun listening, too. So
1: we're coming back with season two, and we really hope that you'll join us for what will be another terrific season. We'll let you know when we're ready to launch. In the meantime, check out from our network, Mm -hmm. Three Trips Ahead by Maureen Holloway. There's one particular episode where she features Heather Greenwood-Davis, and she has a very interesting
0: adventure. Can we call it that? An adventure traveling a year with her kids? A year. I can't even imagine. I can't even think about sixty five. one week. One week is overwhelming yeah. with oh, all of that, right? Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> well, you can't imagine right now if you hear our
1: mics going kind of crazy. It's George. It's George <laughs> talking. One of the two little guys. Yeah, the more the rarier. I was going to cue you in, okay? Are you ready to be cued? Yeah. Okay, so tune in to the three trips ahead, and we'll be out with a season two of Moms in the Middle. The more the merrier. I'm a mayor. Three Trips Ahead is brought to you by RedTag.ca. Plan your perfect winter trip today. When my eldest son was seven years old, I thought it would be great to take him to London and Paris to see his aunt and his godmother. It'll be so much fun, I promised him. We'll go up the London Eye and the Eiffel Tower and we'll see Big Ben and take a bateau mouche down the Seine. Sure, said my seven-year-old, can I take my Game Boy? We had a good time for the most part. It was different traveling with a kid. He didn't want to go to churches or museums. And he really didn't like the food. All he wanted was Coke and French fries, which in France, they just call fries. All he really wanted to do was ride the street carousels in Paris or play soccer on the Common in London. It seems he always had to go to the bathroom where there weren't any. And we both hated the lineups. And for this reason, to this day, we still call it the Awful Tower. Hi there. I'm Maureen Holloway. and Welcome to Three Trips Ahead, the podcast that doesn't necessarily tell you where to go, but does try to help you get there. This week, we are talking about family travel, the ups and downs of packing up your kids and your caboodles and taking them with you. When I was little, you know, back before the war, or some war anyway... Our parents didn't take us anywhere, but nowadays 44% of millennials plan to take a family vacation this year. A quarter of those plan three or more vacations in the next 12 months. How can they afford it? Where do they go? What about school? Well, we have the answers to those questions and more from Heather Greenwood Davis. She's a travel writer who took her two children out of school and traveled around the world with them. Hello, Heather. Hello. Nice to meet you. You as well. You have done something that most people, I think, would consider one of the greatest possible adventures, and some people would recoil in horror. <laughs> you you took your two children yep. out of school for a year That's and right. traveled around the world with them. I'm I am assuming you have a partner? I do. I'm married. Okay. Well, it's fair to ask, right? <laughs> oh, and two yeah.
0: children, how old were they? So they were six and eight uh, when we left home, and they turned seven and nine while we were on the trip. So uh, what prompted this? You know, it's funny because people are always like, oh, you know, your marriage was in a (laughs) crisis or were you sick or, you know, something has happened. And really it wasn't that traumatic. It was just that over the years I started to feel like I had less and less control over my own kids. I felt like uh, the school was starting to swallow them up or extracurricular activities or... Um, what do you call it, party plans from the, you know, the neighbor's kids and the playdates play dates, and all yeah. of that kind of, I don't even remember anymore, they're so old. <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> I'm like, playdates. Yeah. And um, I just started to feel more and more like, where are they? Like, we're not, we're not this cohesive unit of four that we were when they were smaller. Um, my husband and I had always talked about going away for a year or taking a year and traveling. And we started to say, well, why not with them? And it just seemed like the right time. So they were in grade one and grade three, which meant they would miss grade two and grade four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, what do you remember from grade two or grade four? Nothing That's a very much. good point. Right. At so, the moment,
1: absolutely nothing. Exactly. Um, to ask you quite boldly, this is a financial challenge. It is. To do that. So had you saved up and <laughs> did you sell your house? What, what did? How did you... How
0: did you, how did you Quite uh, technically yeah. managed to do this. It was a lot of different things. So first of all, my husband works for uh, the municipal government. And so he was able to get a four over five program going. So that meant for four years, they withheld 20% of his pay. Okay. In the fifth year, he gets that 80% back while he's away. So okay. he doesn't have to come into work that year. So that takes care. That's one salary in. I was a freelancer and I was just into, I think it was a few years into my travel column. At that time, it was with the Toronto Star. And um, for me, the biggest drawback was that because I had these young children, I was really hesitant to go too far from them. I could go away for a few days or what have you, but I didn't need to be home again. It just the mechanics of it with the two kids and two parents worked a little easier. Um, And so this was going to be an opportunity where we could go further away and they'd be with me. So we didn't have to rush back. And so we actually would have two incomes going. We also decided that we were going to rent out our house. So we did that. Um, We sold a car. Mm-hmm. We cashed in RSPs wow. like it really was sort of getting cash wherever we could and minimizing the bills we had at home. And uh, yeah, we took off and did it and it worked out. All right. Of, so let's of. get
1: into what you did. <laughs> Twenty nine countries. Twenty nine countries. Over twelve months.
0: Twenty nine countries, six continents over twelve months.
1: Where did you want it? Where did you go? Oh,
0: where did? Oh, but we go? you don't have to give me a full
1: list. It's just, so when you're um, planning the trip, where did you just where? What were your musts?
0: Well, there were a couple of key things. One was that we wanted to make sure that Canada was included in it. So I grew up with parents. My parents are from Jamaica. Immigrated in the seventies. And they were really big in having chosen Canada, that we get to see Canada. So they made a valiant effort for us to get out to the 10 provinces. Didn't succeed, but they really tried. So we knew that for our kids, we wanted to sh- do a little bit of that. Show them some of the different places outside of Toronto, outside of Ontario. So we went out through the West. Uh, we hit, I'm going to mess it up, but we hit uh, Manitoba. We hit Alberta. We hit BC. And then we came in through the East. So we, on the way in, we did the Maritime Provinces, not Newfoundland, but the Maritime Provinces, and then drove in through Quebec and back into Ontario. And then in between, so out of uh, BC, we flew into uh, South America and hit places like Colombia and uh, Argentina, the Galapagos Islands. Um, We went from there. I'm never going to get this right, but we went from there to China. That was a big one for us, 30 days in China, (laughs) um, which... China was one of those places where we had to decide how long we were going to spend, which we didn't do for most of this. Most of this was, how do you feel? Really where do you want to be? Yeah. About that serendipitous. Oh so yeah. Just follow the wind. That was actually that was a big big part of it for me. I think we forget that kids at school are as regimented as they are, and I had my older child was particularly susceptible to. All of it, to the stress of it, to the bells ringing and it's time to do this and stop doing this and start now, color now, stop coloring now, <laughs> you know, <it's> so stressful. <laughs> um, but it really is. It really is. And I realized probably within about, I'd say, three to four weeks of taking them out of school that their posture changed. You know, they actually relaxed a little bit more and they were like, who wouldn't, Right. So for me, it was a big part of this whole thing was I don't want to be stuck with a timeline in terms of I have three days here, I have two days here, we got to move, the plane ticket says we got to go. I didn't want any of that. I wanted us to be able to eat when we were hungry, sleep when we were tired, go if we wanted to, not do anything today if we didn't want to. I really wanted it to be a year that was completely open. And for the most part, that's what it was. You feel that you achieved that? Yeah.
1: This sounds like an odd question, but I've traveled extensively with my kids. (laughs) Did they want to (laughs) go?
0: Yeah, you know, they were young enough that they didn't get it. I remember I said, we didn't tell them, you know, parents, no, you do not tell the children, you know, a year or two out of going on a trip like this. Hey, we're going on it because every day, right? They're going to ask you about this trip. So we didn't tell them until we were probably a couple of months out or something. And we, we scheduled it. So we didn't go January to January. What we did is we left at the end of a school year and came back at the end of a school year. So it was a June to June trip, which meant also that when we came back, we had a whole summer before they had to go back into school to sort of readjust. But I remember we told them that we were going and my youngest just sort of shrugged his shoulder. And I said, are you not excited? Are you not interested to go? And he's like, well, Johnny is going to Disneyland. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, like no context <laughs> yeah, at all. And they were so young, too, that they weren't attached to friends in the way that happens when you're like 10 or 12 or 13, you know. And they were leaving at the beginning of a summer. So all their friends were leaving school. Um, and I think if they have some sort of buy-in, and this is even from a very young age, if they have some sort of buy-in, then I feel like they're a little more excited about the trip. They, they don't feel sort of put upon to come on this trip with you. So one of the things, even with our um, year around the world, they were, like I said, they were six and eight when we were leaving home. So, you know, they didn't know Russia from wherever. And what we ended up doing is putting up a big, giant um, Post-it note mm-hmm. on the wall. And we said, dream. So just tell us things you want to do. You don't have to tell us where they happen or you don't have to know what it is that would happen to make it happen. Um, But tell us what you would dream of doing. So we had everything from uh, eat ice cream for breakfast to uh, jumping out of a plane. And it was like, these things aren't necessarily going to happen, but at least they give us an idea. So knowing that the sorts of things that they were interested in, we were then able to work those things in at different points throughout the trip. So I think one of them was, you know, swimming with sharks or something, and we got to an area, and they didn't get to go in the water, but they got to see the sharks. Right. I got in the water. That's another story. <laughs> another thing I remember is that we we often would give them a day. So we'd say, okay, well, tomorrow's your day, and you are going to design it for us. You go online or figure out what we're going to do, and we have to do, it's Ethan's day, and we're going to do it Ethan Watts. And so I remember my older son um, went through and decided that we were going to go mini golfing. I think we were. I think we were in China. I can't remember, but <laughs> he, he decided we were going mini golfing, and he did the research. And he, he, you know, how long it was going to take us, and we could take a bus or we could take a cab or whatever. And we got there, and it was closed. Oh! <laughs> and oh. he was so angry. And I remember we, um, we said, "Well, what are, what are we going to do about that?" And he's like, "Well, I want to tell somebody what have you." And he came home and he wrote a TripAdvisor review. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he was very, very proud That's of himself brilliant. for that. Yeah. You know,
1: even a small thing. I remember my youngest son, who's now twenty. Um, when we first started traveling, he became the guy with the map. Right. And he's very good at that. He's the navigator. Not that my eldest son wasn't, but that was his job. And yep. he st- it's He still is the guy who says, you know, I can figure out how to get you from here to
0: there. Yeah. So and- just even giving some responsibility. Exactly. We did that too, where mm-hmm. they would have, one of them would be in charge of the map for the yeah. day and which way do we go next and where's the yeah. place we want to no visit. no blame and- if we
1: end up in the wrong place. No, nope, you know? not at all. Just
0: otherwise. Yeah,
1: there's, there are all sorts of ways to get them invested in the, in the trip. Operating for almost 15 years, redtag.ca is the place to go when you're looking to book travel. They give Canadians access to a wide range of travel products with leading tour operators, airlines, hotels, car rentals, cruises, and activities. From last-minute getaways where you can save up to 50% to trips planned out months in advance using their lowest price calendar, redtag.ca has the insight and expert knowledge to give travellers the best prices available. Plus, RedTag.ca is partnered with AirMiles. Air miles collectors are able to earn miles when booking a vacation package through RedTag.ca, rewarding travelers to help them get to their next vacation sooner. Whether you prefer booking online at RedTag.ca or calling one of their travel professionals, RedTag.ca is there to help with all of your travel needs. RedTag.ca experts know what travelers need for their vacations and will help ensure you have all the proper documents and information to make your trip as seamless as possible and cover you while in destination. Redtag.ca combines great people with technology to ensure each customer experience exceeds your expectation. Visit redtag.ca or call 1-866-5-REDTAG to plan your perfect trip. Okay, logistically. So yep. what? How? where did you stay? Did you, did you rent apartments? Did you stay in hostels?
0: Were family had like what, <laughs> what did you? How did you? How did you manage? It varied. So we did everything from house stays in India, uh, home stays where we were with the families. Um, we did apartments in some places, sort of Airbnb-ish mm-hmm. type stuff. We did hotels in some places. Sometimes if I was writing about a place, um, we get the, we'd get a hotel room to stay in there. Sometimes, so one of the places that I wrote about a lot during the trip, and I actually worked at an agreement with them, was the Four Seasons Hotel. Oh, hello. Sounds, right. Not bad at all, right? <laughs> oh. And so I was working on a publication that they had. And so in in sort of in lieu of that, of I'd get some payment, but also I'd, I'd uh, write about our experiences there. They were testing out some family travel programs. And I remember that we would go to these Four Seasons Hotel and we traveled, I should tell you, with two weeks worth of clothing mm-hmm. for the entire thing. So it was all sort of carry on. God love you. It actually <laughs> made it easier. But, you know, if you go back and look at our photos, every time we were at a Four Seasons, we were in the exact same outfit. <laughs> that was your right? good outfit. Because right? we only had <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one good outfit. I remember I did a presentation at one point after we were back and um, looking through it. And in almost every picture, I'm in the same jacket. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. that... That was, was the, the jacket. jacket. <laughs> you know, which also helped because we made a decision really early on. I'm not a wintry fan. I don't do any winter sports. I tend to hibernate when winter comes along. And so it was a follow the sun type of right. itinerary. So right. That, so you could pack a little bit exactly. more lightly. I am such a firm believer in carry on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've had some people on this, on this show who have advocated that and I thought can't be done. I did carry on for the last, I was just away for, t- again, yeah. warm weather. And somebody else had a checked bag and it was the difference yeah. night and day. If you can avoid checking luggage. Oh, I'm a big carry-on-only person yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any tips that you have for for getting the best deal possible for booking families? I mean, you mentioned that you used Airbnb and so yeah. on, but family discounts or yeah. or you know, or even just cooking in the room, or were there some things that you would pass on to other people when they're traveling with kids? Oh, yeah. No, so matter,
0: no matter how short, yeah. whether it's for a weekend, or for a year. Well, one is for sure you want to pack light. You need a hand free for those kids. Right? We we knew that even before this trip, that you wanted to make sure that we had just the carry-on or the you know the little bit of clothing because you wanted to have hands-free. So that was important. Kitchens were very important. They were at that age where every there was a snack every so often. And they're at that age again, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell me what it is, okay, because I haven't <laughs> like, seen it yet. Like
0: there was a gap in there somewhere. But yeah, so you wanted, you know, having access to a fridge and a microwave or something to be able to warm things up to keep leftovers from meals, that sort of thing. Um, was really helpful. Now, I would recommend there are a lot of apps out there that are really helpful in terms of finding you the good flights or finding you um, great places to stay. So there's there's a bunch of them out there. And really, you just have to get into an app store and sort of search travel, and you'll come up with a bunch of them. Um, I'd say, yes, you want to save for these things, but I think people always think I'm just going to live my life and then I'm somehow, some money's going to come from somewhere and we're going to, and it's never that, right? There are trade-offs. You Mm know, um, I now write a travel column for the Globe and Mail and one of the things I've written about recently is about budgeting for these things and, you know, I confess that we have a, a, light fixture in our home that is what the builder put into the home 15 years ago. That is, it's hideous. It's like a wrought iron, <laughs> horrible, horrible thing that I hate. Every day I do this as I pass it, cover my eyes, you know. <laughs> but because I don't have a fancy chandelier, that money went into traveling and into doing things with my kids that I have all these memories for. So tell yourself that as you go by. Yeah, I do.
1: Every, <laughs> day, hand every, day, hand. every
0: day. <laughs> every day. Every uh, day. But it really is like, I mean, I make, we make decisions daily that say where our value systems are and for us especially after we came back and you know there was a real shift in terms of you know do I go out and buy six more things at you know Pottery Barn or what have you or do I maybe forego that and instead remember how great it was to be on this adventure with the kids and usually it wins. Yeah
1: and now apart from the fact that you released them from their routine and saw the tension go out of them What were some of the other advantages of doing, taking part in this amazing adventure?
0: I have, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life, quite frankly. Yeah. Number one, um, we are a foursome. So the very thing I was concerned about, you know, this solved it, which was that no matter what we, we we share these inside jokes and we, we just have this connection that I know from other friends and and troubles that they're having with their kids and what have you, not everybody has. And I, you know, I don't have, test subjects that I can say, well, the kids we didn't take are terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> look, look are <what> you doing. <laughs> I, have, I don't have that, but um, I really see in them a lot of skills and um, qualities that I think were developed through that trip. So quite substantially, some of the things that happened were um, I left home with a picky eater and came home with a very adventurous eater. Um, I left home with a kid who was really shy, who now has his own YouTube channel and <laughs> like, <laughs> like really flip side type um, personality developments and changes that I think were a direct result of travel, but also little things, not little really, of confidence and self-confidence and a sense of that the world is bigger. So I'll give you an example, which is my youngest. I remember before we left, you know, he'd come home and, oh, so-and-so's not my friend. And, you know, "They're, they're not talking to me on the playground or whatever. And it was, you know, the big deal. And we came back. and I remember he came home one day and he was like, Well, so-and-so told me today he's not my friend. I'm like, oh, well, how'd you feel about that? He goes, I told him I got friends in France. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so literally feeling like the world was bigger. Their neighborhood was bigger. Their friendships were bigger. There were people on the other side of the planet that had an effect on their life. And that they didn't have to get bogged down as much in the little things. And I still see it. And they're teenagers. And I still see it.
1: So... Let's talk about some of the places where yeah. what would you recommend traveling with children in that and that uh, area. Let's say that age group. Yeah, where what, what were some of the best spots that you would recommend to other people? Oh, you've got to take your kids to such and such a
0: place. You know, you got to take your kids everywhere. So here's the thing: is I think we often think, you know, children can only do certain things, and we have to make sure children have certain things. And I don't believe that. I was like, they joined my life. So if there are things out there that are interesting, there are children throughout the world. If there are children where you're going, your children can find something to do. It may not be what they do at home, but it's going to be something. And so we really didn't run into any situations where I felt like the children shouldn't be here. What was interesting was sort of seeing how the children were received in different places. You know, we actually, I remember standing on the side of a street in Vietnam, and a kid who was maybe three or four sort of came down some apartment steps. And I don't know if you've been to Vietnam but the traffic is like frogger. Like yeah. you can't cross the street right. because the the motorcycles and and this like three or four-year-old kid comes down, local child comes down and uh, just sort of looking across the street, and I'm like, oh my God, like what's gonna happen? And the mother comes down and she's really upset with this kid and what happened, and she grabs her or whatever and takes her up. But sort of this harsh love of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of children, like your door was like, what was happening? Then we go to Cambodia and like parents are totally doting and children can barely <laughs> take a step because, you know, so there was just in every place we went, it was interesting to see how families there treated their children and they treated our children as they treated their, their own. own. I also find traveling with children that you
1: have, you're more likely to meet people through your kids. Absolutely. Because they just go to a playground or the beach
0: and like, you know, they have friends and you meet the parents. All the time. And what we found too is I think part of the reason that, you know, we were never mugged we were never, you know, we I mean, we weren't out late at night because we had young children. So there's also sort of those kinds of uh, things. But we, we never ran into any real trouble and we got a lot of help along the way. And I think a large part of that is because they saw us as a family.
1: Yeah, you're a great advocate for family travel.
0: I believe in it. I think it really, it can change your family's dynamic. And I think it's better for the planet. I think if we all were out there with our kids, it makes you vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. And once you're out there and feeling that vulnerability and have to depend on other people um, for their kindness and have to be a little bit humble in the way you approach the world, I think it changes everything. I mean, one of the other things I really loved about the kids um, and this whole experience is I remember we were in the car after we came back, and it was right around the time when Egypt was having trouble. In fact, we went to Egypt, but a number of times we, we, oh, we're going to, nope yeah you know sort of jumping in and out um just because of the political situation there and we came back and heard that again there had been some sort of uprising and you know it was on 680 or one of the news stations or something and suddenly the kids said uh, from the back seat and they would have been like 9 or so and from the back seat they're like you know are our friends in in Cairo are they okay yeah. and just that click that We should care, Mm -hmm. actually. We should care when something's happening on the other side of the world because there's actually, there is, they know a man with a child in a neighborhood in that place. Mm -hmm. And suddenly just that was enough for them to care a little bit more about what was happening somewhere else. So I I think there were just so many benefits for it. And I I recognize it is expensive. Mm -hmm. It is a luxury. Not everybody gets to do it. But I, I think no matter how far you go, exposing your kids to different is just so important.
1: Heather, it's been such a pleasure, thank you. Thank you. So, what have we learned? Don't try to do too much on vacation. It's easy to forget how regimented our routines are, especially our kids. Traveling on a loose itinerary allows you a release from that routine. Don't play it safe in terms of location. If there are children where you're going, then your children will be okay there too. And it'll broaden their perception of the world. And finally, family travel doesn't have to be just for the kids. Everyone has the chance to get a little closer. That was Three Trips Ahead, brought to you by RedTag.ca. Plan your perfect winter trip today at RedTag.ca or call 1-866-5-REDTAG. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for free and leave us a comment to let us know what you think. Three Trips Ahead is produced by Stephanie Phillips and presented by the Frequency Podcast Network. For updates on our show, you can visit FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or follow at FrequencyPods on Twitter. Next week, we're talking about traveling solo. All by myself